This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Hey, this is Brian Peña. I always join the Vito Vodcast, the best vodcast in the United States. This week's Tigers Talk Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic, premium coverage for passionate Detroit sports fans. Tigers Talk listeners can get 20% off the first year of an annual subscription by visiting theathletic.com slash DSP. Doc, as you know, one of our fine sponsors at the DSP Network is the Detroit Sports Commission. And since 01, the Detroit Sports Commission has applied its expert touch to marketing and to selling the Metro Detroit area as a marquee destination for regional, national, and even international amateur sporting events. And through the Detroit Sports Commission's help, these events have attracted thousands of visitors and pumped millions, I mean millions of dollars, into our local economy. It is why Detroit is now not only the place where champions are made, but also the place where championships are played. To find out more about the Detroit Sports Commission and all of the events they are bringing to our very region, please follow the DSC on Twitter and on Instagram at DET Sports. And make sure to check out their final website at DetroitSports.org. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest, the freshest edition of Tigers Talk with Cherko and Company. I am your host, Vito Geronimo Cherko, along to my usual sidekick and broadcast partner and fun. That is the doc from Doc and Jock, John Charles Macaroon. John, how are you doing? Vito, always good to see you. Always enjoy talking baseball with you. And another great week where we got an in-studio guest who we got joining us today. I'm looking forward to listening in on the conversation. You are the man of the people, man. When you reach out, people come. So it's really cool to see who we got today in studio? Warren D. LaSalle High School, corner infielder, 2017, a Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association, Dream Team Selection, and 2016 Division One State Champion, Bryce Bush. Bryce, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, happy to be here. Well, glad to have you on board. And you know what? I wanted to go outside, play some catch. We had talked about it. It's pouring out there. I know for you, you're probably like, well, what the heck? If I want to play catch, I'll go and play it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a good day. Good 60 degrees outside. It's very rare, especially this time of the year. Beautiful weather. I mean, this is baseball weather outside of the rain. A little bit cool, actually. But for Michigan, this time of year, like you said, hey, we'll take it, right? Yeah, it's way better than playing a Catholic League game in 35-degree weather. So. And I bet you still might get some of that. Yeah. You've dealt sure. with it, so you're used to it. Yeah. So now, how about this? Let's start off by talking about how you started your baseball career. How did uh, it start? Well, I've been playing baseball ever since I was three years old. Like, I had always had the dream of uh, being an MLB player. Like, I would sometimes just go outside. Like, if I go with my friends, we would, like, pretend to be, like, other MLB athletes. We would bat like them and everything, play wiffle ball, hit hit a home run, you know, run the bases. So, you know, it was a – then uh, after all of that, I went into travel ball. Well, I got kicked out of uh, – T-ball and coach pitch because they said I hit too hard. You were so. too good. Oh, my God. I never had that problem. So, uh, yeah, when I was about seven, I played with the hit dogs for the first time. And, uh, you know, we probably one of the best teams around at that time, too. Played with uh, them for about two, three years. First, I played up a few years, and then uh, I stayed down because I wanted to, you know, stay with my regular age groups. Then uh, we went to Athletic Republic, and uh, that was probably funnest time of my like young baseball career that was probably our best team we had so far and of course my dad was the coach like every year until uh, I was 12 
Then I went to play out in uh, New Jersey with the team uh, called Gallagher Select. Then we went around, went to Florida. We did all travel. Same thing with the Hit Dogs, too. Then I stayed with Jersey for another year and a half. Played with Tri-State Arsenal. That's where uh, Alex Rodriguez and Mike Trout played for in uh, travel ball. Then this year, I played with, uh, because I committed to Mississippi State, there was a couple kids uh, that I met that were committed there, too. They played with a team called East Coast Sox. That's who I play for now, so I know that was the right decision. That was probably, it's like, it's based around religion. And uh, I go to a Catholic school, of course. That's probably, it's like no program better than East Coast Sox. And you traveled all over the southeast, southeastern United States. Yeah. Going from Atlanta to Baton Rouge to New Orleans. So you, you had quite the traveling experience. And I mean, how big of a grind is that, Bryce? I mean, this was probably last this past summer is probably my most busy, busy summer. Um, it was the longest summer, but it was probably my favorite summer so far. Like, I started off, I went to, uh, after high school, I flew straight to Florida for the Perfect Game National Showcase. Then I flew uh, from there, went to Chicago for the Breakthrough Series. And after that, I think uh, I went home for maybe a day. Then flew down to Atlanta to play in the WWB World Series and. uh Lake Point in uh, Georgia, then uh, I think stayed there for about a week and a half. Then I flew back to Michigan finally for uh, another about three days. Then I went back to Chicago for, um, I forgot what it was called, but it was some uh, Chicago thing where they like have uh, some kids just play at uh, the White Sox Stadium. That was a pretty cool experience. Growing up, who were your inspirations? Who were you pretending to be when you and the friends would get together and play? Uh, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> A-Rod. Yeah, I don't know why I liked him so much. Like, every time his his batting stance just looked so sweet to me when I was a kid. I used to just bat like him when I was younger. And, uh, and I played third base, too, so. <laughs> now, I read that you're an alum of the Reviving Baseball in Inner Cities program, yes. Major League Baseball's RBI program, which has produced Major League talent, current and past. CeCe Sabathia, James Loney, Coco Crisp. What was that like for you going through that program, and how has it helped you out in your baseball career? For me, I was pretty surprised because, you know, usually inner-city kids, they don't really play as much as like or travel as much as we do. But those kids are, like, they can keep up with anybody across the country. Like, they were all just good. Like, it was even kids, like, committed to D1 colleges you would have never thought of because of where they lived. So it was a met a couple good kids. And lifetime friends now. What about baseball drew you to the sport? I mean, you said you loved it um, as early as three years old. Obviously, you had friends that loved it. What about the game of baseball made it so that you kept it up? Because like you said, right now, when we look around, when there are nice sunny days, even though today's a rainy day, you don't see a lot of people like when I was younger playing in the streets. You don't see baseball being played by a lot of young kids. For you at the time, what made it so that you wanted to stick around and play this great game of baseball? Because I loved it. I used to play in the streets quite a bit with my friends. That's what we did in the summer. It'd be wake up, eat, and then go outside and play in the streets or play uh, in the tennis courts by the local elementary school. Yeah, maybe more tennis than baseball, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I truly believe you playing baseball, but anyways. Yeah, right. so, um, well, baseball, I ran in the family. My granddad played, and my, my dad played, and my uncle played. But my brother, he messed it up. He played basketball. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, include like going along with that, like baseball. It's uh, of course I made some of my best friends in the sport. Of course, then um, 
it's the one game that you can play that's mainly uh involved with failure with the the failures um it happens so much and to be good at the sport you got to have uh a strong mental toughness you know so and uh that's what made me a better person like overall 100 percent. you have to have that tough mental psyche you fail a lot more than you succeed that's why you hit 300 as you know you're a stud you're an all-star year in year out hall of fame and that's three out of ten times you get a hit I mean, that's crazy. I wish I could actually do that when I was playing. I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even hit three out of ten times. I mean, that was me, so a lot of failure. But you're right. I think through sports in general, but especially baseball, you're right, Bryce. You learn to fail, and it's all right to fail. You can't beat yourself up, though, regarding it, which I think is something tough to learn as a youngster. And maybe, I mean, was that the case for you where it took some time to develop that knowledge that you could fail and still succeed as a ball player? Well, that's how when my brother, older brother, he was he always had a tough mind. I don't know how he got, it, but I kind it kind of passed on to me too. Cause like it, it have been like games where I might go maybe zero for ten in like one tournament, you know, and then it's like wow, like what's happening to me? But um, it's like I just gotta you know stay keep it cool. Don't try to like bring any negative thoughts into into your mind when you're playing baseball, or more negative things are gonna happen. So I just try to clear my mind and just focus on my game, make adjustments, and then whenever I start succeeding, keep doing the same thing. And I bet you have to really focus to hit the long ball. Now, I know for you it comes a little bit easier, okay, than at least Doc and I. I wish I could hit a home run. Now, you hit 16 last season, a single-season school record at Warren D. LaSalle. Very darn impressive. And then on top of that, you participated in the high school home run derby Mm -hmm. at Marlins Park. I mean, that's crazy to me. (laughs) And you were hitting long balls, and what was it like? Hitting home runs at Marlins Park. Well, I got to tell you, that weekend, that was my favorite the entire summer. Like, it was, we got a free hotel room. They had free flights, free room service, free, like, they just took care of us, everything. Then uh, they took us around. We seen uh, some of the Futures players, the, like, all-star minor league players. And we stayed in the same hotel. And then uh, we went to the field, hit some uh, BP on the in Marlins Park. Just hitting home runs into the seat, it just felt amazing. The next day, we actually did the home run derby. It was just an unexplainable experience. It was like, you just felt so special. Like, you can't explain it. So amazing. So unreal. I wish I had that experience. Maybe one day covering the All-Star game, we could be there and covering the home run derby. And did you have the chance to meet some Major League Baseball All-Stars while you were there, too? I didn't like actually speak with them because they like had security, of course. Like they wouldn't let us pass. But I walked past them in the uh, under the stadium, like in the locker room and everything, the players' lounge. I tell you, uh, Stanton and uh, Career, some big dudes. Are they massive dudes? I mean, <laughs> yeah. they look massive on TV. Yeah, but uh, I think Altuve uh, came up to my shoulder. Isn't there something? Like, you can be. I mean, whatever I height. Mean, he's. He can hit. He's a stud. <laughs> MVP, he's a stud. Now, A-Rod was there. I just thought of you with A-Rod because of you bringing up A-Rod before being an inspiration. I know he was covering the All-Star game for Fox. Now he's this big-time broadcaster. So he's doing pretty well for himself. And uh, I know for you, a lot of your hitting ability, it comes down to your power, and that's uh, the sexy part of any hitter, right? But you can hit for average, too. Yeah. 541 last season, another single-season school record at Warren D. LaSalle. So you can hit for average and hit for power. Well, if you can do that. I mean, there's nothing else you, you have to do as a hitter. You can succeed at, I mean, all levels. Now, what do you think is tougher for you, to hit for average or to hit for power, actually? Probably to hit for average. Because to hit for average, you got to actually make good contact with the ball and get on base. So that's probably the hardest thing you can do. Like, squaring up a baseball, 
No, people people talk about how easy baseball is. That that ain't true. No. Probably one of the hardest sports you can play. So is that more meaningful then, that single-season batting average record at Warren DeLaSalle to you, yeah. than the home run record? Yeah, I was more surprised about that one. So now, what goes into your training as you approach a season now, uh, your senior year for Warren DeLaSalle? What goes into a training, you know, in the offseason, just ahead of an important season for you? Well, of course, uh, I'm going to keep doing the same routine uh, with the bat. But I just, I know I'm probably not going to get pitched to a lot this year, so... I just got to stay focused, you know, keep my head in the game, make sure I don't let anything good go past me. And the uh, main focus right now is uh building part, basically, because um, now I'm also playing outfield, too, because I got the speed for it. So now I got to work on third base and then outfield, too. And let me read this, this scouting report on you from Perfect Game. You already brought up Perfect Game. Mm-hmm. Defensively, Bush has played all the corner positions, but it will be his bat that carries him at the next level. When you hear that, what does that mean to you? Well, that means uh, my bat is probably one of the best around, <laughs> knowing a perfect game because, you know, they talk about all the b- best players in the, well, my age group, all the best players in the country. So that that's, that really means something. So that perfect game site, Doc, now to inform you too, they hailed themselves as the world's largest baseball scouting service. Yeah. And you were rated as one of the top 50 players in all of the country last year by perfect game. And now you're a part of the preseason Midwest Region High School Dream Team, which just dropped today. That's just crazy. I mean, how do you deal with all the accolades and all the expectations that come with those accolades and rankings such as that? No, I just I stay humble. You know, I try not to focus on that. Just try to focus on the future, what can like make me better as a person and a player. Now, we can talk about the future, and I do want to get into that. But back to my alma mater. i got to talk about the Pilots and what you did in 2016, winning a Division I state championship. And you had the game-winning hit. So he had the game-winning hit, this guy right here, but also the game-winning out. I mean, the last out of the game on a double play and a crazy victory over Celine, 7-6. to six. Talk about what it meant to you to be able to record the game-winning hit, but also to catch the final out of that contest. Well, that's, that championship week, that was my favorite high school experience so far, winning the championship with my team. So you know, That was probably the funnest I ever had in my entire high school career. Nah. Uh, Getting the game-winning hit, that was, um, at the time, I was kind of sick that weekend, too, so I didn't really think too much about it. But then I, the, later that week, I saw it on the news, and I was like, man, that, it felt really special at the moment. Yeah. So what went into that at-bat? What were the thoughts going through your head leading into that at-bat where you recorded the game-winning hit? Yeah, I think it was, um, I think it was a, might have been one-two count. I was like, if it's a strike, I got to swing at it anyway, so... He threw me outside curveball. I just sat on it and then took it up the middle. Then got a hit, scored two runs, up one run, did my job, so I was happy. Now, how much does your at-the-plate approach change when you're down in the count, when it's 1-2 or 0-2? Does it change significantly? Because we see some guys, even at the major league level, and also like Joey Votto. You've seen him, right, where he he chokes up? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. A guy like that, he's a big dude. He's choking up when there's two strikes to just get a single. Mm Mm-hmm. How about for you? Do you significantly change your approach at the plate when there are two strikes on you? Personally, I don't change anything because uh, I go into the box. It's just like something just it just clicks on. I don't hear anything outside of the field. I'm just focused on the myself first and then the pitcher. So I'm usually focused onto that in my bats. 
Interesting. So for those that are listening that may be starting off in their high school career and they want to improve being a hitter, what can they do in terms of outside of maybe spending time in the batter's box and practicing? What can they do to make themselves a better hitter and as proficient as you are? Uh, be a better hitter. Just you got to make sure you're not swinging at bad pitches and go go to the, up to the plate thinking uh, I'm about to get a hit. You know, just that's what you want to think first. Then uh, make sure you swing at your pitch. Don't swing at the no garbage the pitcher gives to you. If it's not your pitch, let it go. You get two strikes on you, then you got to protect the plate. Then uh, anything close, you might, you're going to have to swing at it. See, I'm always choking up, mm-hmm. and I'm not swinging unless it's good because when I hit it, it's not going too far. <laughs> but you know what? I learned this from my dad growing up. The strategy really was to be disciplined at the plate, to take your pitches and not to swing at something outside or out of the zone and to chase and to help out the pitcher. You don't want to help out the pitcher. So swing at what is in the strike zone or what you really can connect on. And then he also taught me, I wanted to ask you about this, an up-the-middle approach. Have you been taught that throughout your career to always aim for that up-the-middle for you at the plate? Uh, yeah, I had coaches tell me that, but if the ball is not going to be hit where, I mean, thrown where you can uh, hit it up the middle every time. So I just practice on like hitting line drives wherever the ball is pitched. That's, that's basically it. I know one thing, Dak. My brother would love to talk some baseball and hitting with him. He's a big-time baseball guru, self-proclaimed guru, but he does know something. He can play a little bit, and a little bit more than me, too. Now, I wanted to ask you also about, if you were to go 0 for 10, go into a major slump like that, how hard is it for you to bounce back after that kind of a tough stretch at the plate? No, it's, it's really nothing you can do at the time. It's like, you got to change something, like, and then uh, if you think you – like, so you might not even change something when you actually start to hit again. Like, you might not even change a thing at all, but then you start hitting again. It's just like – it's all about your your mindset, basically. The better you are, like, at that time where you start to hit again, just keep doing the same thing. Then you you start to struggle again, then start to change something up again. You told us you were committed to Mississippi State. What was the recruiting process like? Because – Vito and I have never been recruited for anything other than hard labor and hourly work. So <laughs> what was it like to go through that process? Were there other schools? Was there something in particular you were looking for? Take us through that process because it's really exciting because you were wanted. Somebody wanted you to join their squad, and it's really cool. Congratulations from Thank Vito you. and I. That's really awesome. Mississippi State is where you are committed to play. What was that like? Well, uh, my first, well, my freshman year, I had a visit to, at Michigan then uh, later in, like, January 2016, I got an offer from Florida State. That was my first offer. As a freshman? Yeah. You no, got some that offer. was my sophomore year. A sophomore year, year you got an offer. Then, okay. Um, after uh, Florida State, uh, I don't know, I've always been, like, Florida State and Mississippi State, I don't know, I always liked them growing up. I don't know why. But um, those are my two top two schools. And then first to get an offer from Florida State at the time, that was, like, that was big for me. Then um, Mississippi State. That was like the best baseball environment or college environment I've ever been in in my entire life. Like you go down there, it's like everybody loves, you know, Hell State everywhere. They just love the sports, all the athletes. They love everything. They support like crazy. It's unbelievable. Like you go to a game. Went to my first football game uh, this year, and I tell you, my I couldn't hear a thing with those cowbells. <laughs> my ears were hurting afterwards. So. And so you meet the coaches, you meet the players, you take in some of the action. Uh, they, t- they take you on campus. What were the activities that kind of drew you in when you were there on campus? What was the visit like? 
uh the fish we visited it was it was nice they took us out to dinner then we all had fun with uh some of the players on the team we went to like a little it was like some kind of haunted house thing it was I almost had a heart attack, so it was <laughs> it was actually pretty good. So then uh, next day we went out for breakfast, hung out with the team again, and uh, went to tailgate. Then they showed us around the entire campus. Pretty nice. All the everybody was nice. So. And, and so at that point, midway through, are you starting to formulate like, look, this is a vibe I like. I'm enjoying this time here. I think this is the place. But prior to reviewing it with your family and things like that, but did you get a sense then on the visit that I think this is the place? that I'm comfortable and I think this is the place I want. You said it was your one of your top places. Did their visit really kind of stamp officially, I'm going here? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it was much They did the job. Than, yeah, it was much better than uh, Florida State. I'm sorry to say no, it, Yeah, but, uh, No, that, that's what it is. No, so we want the truth. Yeah. We're here for a reason, yeah. to speak the truth. Okay? <laughs> they, they got At you signed. Yeah, they yeah. wowed you. And so they put on the thing that needed. They recruited you in the way that got you to sign. So what was it like? So officially, have you signed? to yeah. officially play yeah. for Mississippi State. Yeah. What was it like getting that paper, knowing that you earned, based on your talents and hard work and things like that, that you earned a scholarship to play baseball, your education's taken care of based upon your talent, and I'm sure it was a proud day. What was it like when you put ink to paper? Yeah, when uh, my AD, Mike Watson, uh, gave me the paper, I looked at I read it over, then at the, on the uh, last sheet, it, gave, uh, it showed the scholarship percentage and the amount of money. And I was like... This is this is crazy. Like, I really put in the work to get a a scholarship like this. So it it was pretty special. Congratulations, you earned it. Yeah, thank you. And congratulations for me as well. That's a big yeah. time day, I know, for you and your family. Now going to Mississippi State in the very tough Southeastern Conference, as you know, and it's not just in football, in baseball mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. What are your expectations going into your freshman season? Well, of course, I picked the SEC for a reason. It's probably one of the top or the best uh conference in baseball so you know I don't expect it to be easy at all in my mind I got I got a feeling I'm going to do pretty good there and that can only help out your major league baseball draft stock yeah now have you started to think about that about being drafted what it'll be like I already contacted just about every team they contacted me and the worst part about it is the like the in-home visits that's like the the weirdest thing you can do <laughs> Because they just, like, come into your house and just talk for, like, hours. Hours? Yes. Like, about just life in general, other stuff? What do they talk to you about for hours? My goodness. Well, they want to get to know you. It's okay. really... Uh, Conversation like we're having. It's really, like, nothing about baseball. Like, they know what you can do. They just want to see what kind of person you are, how you like how you live. Like, are you a messy person? Are you mean? <laughs> like, stuff like that. What was the most unusual question that you thought, maybe you shouldn't even be asking me this? Not, re- not really. No, not nothing like out of bounds. That. Good. No, all but, professional. Uh, all good. One, uh, one question that uh, got me was, uh, "What is, what is your legacy?" Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. It took, it took me a good minute to like yeah. actually answer the question, but I told him it was about uh, my legacy was uh, coming up from uh, an ambitious standpoint. Like, yeah, he this kid came up to this level of baseball by coming uh, with this mindset of. You know, just no negative thoughts, all positive mental toughness. That's great. I'm going to put that to Vito. Vito, what's your legacy? What do you My want legacy is that I've been a superb podcaster for the Detroit Sports Podcast Network and a great man on and off or in and outside of the podcast studio. I'll say that much. Now, so they're trying to get to know what you're like off the baseball diamond as well. I guess, what are you like off the baseball diamond? We know you're a great baseball player, but what are you like away from the baseball diamond? 
I guess I'm a pretty nice person. Uh, <laughs> well, it's hard to talk about myself. I don't really do it much, but uh, there's really nothing I can say. Well, you're a humble dude. Yeah. And now you've had these in-house visits with these teams talking you, talking your ears off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have you peeked into where you're ranked currently, you know, among Major League Baseball draft prospects? Have you peeked into that and found out about that? And do you really care about that kind of stuff, Bryce? Well, I don't know. Like they, they won't tell you anything. But like, they're they're like they'll just say like they're highly interested in signing you like out of high school and stuff like that. Honestly, it's like you won't really know like where until like around the draft time comes. Like they won't tell you. And if you like give out a number, then you can like either like mess your stock up. Yeah. So, kind of sway them yeah, away so, from you if it's yeah, too so high, I right? Really, I don't really speak about any of that yet. Now, have you thought about? When you get drafted, is there a certain round for you, you know, spot in the draft? If you get drafted, that you'll forego going to college, going to Mississippi State? Have you given that thought yet, Bryce? Um, no, me and no, me and my advisor, we we didn't talk about any of that yet. So he said we're gonna we're gonna talk about it soon, but like round and all of that, it's just like what like would that be the smart thing to do? Either you know take go to the college route or the pro. Pro route because the pro route it is pretty hard. I understand all of that, but it might be the right move. It might not. So yeah, I don't know yet. And it's a long process. People don't understand it too. In baseball, not only is it mentally mentally tough, right, and a grind, but all the years you have to put in in the minors, yeah. right, single A, double A, triple A, rookie ball. I mean, think about that. People don't even consider that. And like LeBron went right from high school yeah. to playing in the NBA from day one. Like you, you wouldn't go and play in the majors for any team right. on day one. It's just a long process, isn't it, Bryce? Yeah, and plus, you go to college, that's even longer for that, too. you got to go through the same route that you would if you went out of high school anyways. And a good thing about the drive is um, you sign, they, you get, uh, they pay for your college, too. But like after you retire, you get two years left. If you don't use the college scholarship plan, then you lose it. That's the, that's the good thing about it. So you're a senior this season, and you have a new head coach, Eddie LaSalle and Dave Zelmanski. Now, your previous head man, Matt Cook, I had as an English teacher at one point. I don't know if you had him as a teacher, too. Yeah, I did, too, twice. I liked him a lot as a teacher, yeah. by the way. And, I, hey, he won a state title. He did pretty darn good, mm-hmm. from my knowledge, as a head coach, too. Uh, you know, as a head coach of the varsity baseball team at the LaSalle. Now, this new guy, what do you know about him so far? Well, uh, when we had Cook, he was, of course, a goofball in the classroom. But when he took it uh, to sports, he took it serious. This new the new coach, Coach Z, uh he's um he's a good dude. Um he's uh he cares he cares about LaSalle a lot. Like he everything is like D LaSalle first, D LaSalle this, D LaSalle that. We have like meetings all the time just to uh, uh bring the team together and talk about team first before anything. So I mean his vision about this year, his uh his goal is to win the last game. There we go. That's a great goal to have so, in mind, yeah, huh? Yeah, so and plus, this year we're going to Florida for like a little spring training trip. So he's really trying to prepare us to have our best senior year possible. And plus, we get new uh, new jerseys, practice unis, and everything. Team Adidas from Top Cat Sales. I think I know something about Top Cat Sales. Okay. Now, they've been a sponsor before to the podcast network. Mm-hmm. Now, back to Coach Z. It's always great when you have a fellow alum, you know, a fellow pilot coming back and coaching. I mean, that's great too. He's the new head baseball coach. And kind of pivoting now a little bit from that, um, from your baseball career. And we want to pick your brain now on some Major League Baseball news and notes. All right? 
So first and foremost, Tim Tebow, Sandy Alderson, the GM of the New York Mets, recently came out and said Tim Tebow is going to be a major leaguer mm-hmm. one day. Okay, I find that interesting because, you know, I know he played why? in high school, but not in college, and really a big time why. Why the heck does he deserve a spot in the majors one day? Now, maybe he'll prove himself before he gets there, but it sounds like it's going to be an attendance ploy, you know, a ploy marketing-wise to get people into the stands yeah. at City Field. That's what it's all about to me, and that smells. It's not a good thing, and especially, I bet from your vantage point, I'll let you speak, give your own opinion, but you're a guy moving up through the ranks, and this guy who's just a celebrity is going to just join the majors all of a sudden. Doesn't seem right to me. What are your thoughts on it? He said just a celebrity. He was a he was a good football player. He was a great football player, an athlete first, but now he's a celebrity. And, uh, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're and, right. Uh, he went to play baseball, minor league baseball, signed not not a lot of money. He can play. He can actually play the game. Like people they of course they would talk trash about him, but he can play. I seen I seen videos of him hit just hitting home runs, hit getting hits, winning games for his team. That's what they're looking for in the major league. So I think he can do it. As long as you can play the game, they'll want you. So, yeah, he's got pop. Yeah. He's a bigger dude, has bulk to him. You have bulk to you, but you can hit for average, too. You can field. Can this guy field? But he has some baseball instincts, to be yeah. fair, right, to Tim Tebow, because I know I've kind of been slamming him here, and mm-hmm. I have in the past, too. I think Doc remembers when we've talked about Tim Tebow in the past and his major league career, whether or not there is something for him at the major league level. And you know what? If he proves it, you know, in the minors now, and spring ball in the minors moving forward with the Mets or somebody else, then he has all the right in the world to be a major leaguer. I just want to see him prove it. That's all I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the only way he can prove it is with his game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he keep it up, I mean, he he might be a a Met a Met player one day. He might be uh. a member of the Metropolitans. He might be one day. <laughs> now, a guy that's already in the majors, Miguel Cabrera. Mm-hmm. I think you know something about him. Okay. Now he's been a third baseman. He is a first baseman. And when I say that, it reminds me of you because of you being a corner infielder. Mm-hmm. Now, had a very bad year last season, no doubt about it, where he wasn't hitting for power, wasn't hitting for anything. He couldn't do much of anything. And, you know, he was dragged down by some nagging injuries and some stuff off the field. What are your thoughts on what we'll get out of Miguel Cabrera as Tigers uh, fans? Or, I mean, I guess, are you a Tigers fan to start uh, off? Yeah. I love you are a Tigers fan. Great. Okay. Because <laughs> this is Tigers talk. Uh, what are your thoughts on Miguel Cabrera and what he'll produce in 2018? Well, funny thing is I actually seen Cabrera walk out of his uh, physical therapy place uh, on and on Woodward, uh, Did he look good? Yeah, What's took, the report? I took a picture with him. This was uh, like my freshman year of high school. Oh, okay, uh, okay. But yeah, last season, he didn't do his best. That I know he can do, which he did in the past. Triple crown winner, you know. So I think, um, I heard he had like some family problems back in uh, Venezuela. So I think that could have had something to do with his him like not working so much. Or Off the field stuff, hard, yes. Off the as field hard stuff. As, as hard as he used to. Maybe that that was in his mind when he was uh, playing as well. But uh, lately, I've been uh, he post he's been posting a couple of videos. He look he's been working out. He's been working he's out with Le- LeBron's trainer. I know he was working out with LeBron's trainer at one point, trying to get back into shape. Yeah, like he he looked he looked much better than last year. Like well, he looked like he lost weight. He looked he looked like everything. They need a heck of a season out of him. They want to be even close to relevant in 2018. Speaking of that, what are your thoughts on the Tigers and what to expect from them? How many wins? How many losses from the Tigers in 2018? Well, after, uh, I don't know, like, all the trades they've been making. Like, a few years ago, they got rid of, like, players like uh, Doug Fister and then uh, Cespedes. Then, like, recently, J.D. Martinez left. And then Verlander, of course, one of the best pitchers in the maybe of all time. But uh, uh, personally, uh, 
maybe these trades will help them with, like get more players because they just need uh they just, I think they just need some pitching like they all they all can hit the ball pretty well like Castellanos he he smashes ball I think J J D might be a little underrated when they got rid what they got rid of him so. Now you were, uh, yeah, you were a fan of the Tigers, and so one of the biggest debates last season was obviously Verlander was traded. He uh, goes on to Houston, wins the ring. Are Detroit yeah. fans still allowed to claim Verlander and latch on to that success? Because I'm of the opinion, no. The second he was traded, his affiliation with that old English D is done. Until he comes back, look, we got the memories, we got the times that he gave us, great. But all in all, he didn't give us that ship. He didn't bring it here. He's got there two times to the World Series, and they didn't bring it home. So once he goes to Houston, done. Affiliation's over. He's now a Houston guy. But a lot of people are still wearing that number 35. They still claim Justin Verlander. Are you allowed to claim Justin Verlander as a sports fan? Even though we're Tigers fans, he's now in Houston. Uh, honestly, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I like that. Good answer. Oh, it doesn't count for the Tigers. Tigers have to win it themselves as an organization, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Verlander's gone, yep. and it doesn't mean, I mean, it didn't mean anything to me. Did it to you? Did you get a little bit teary-eyed? Because, you know, Doc made fun of me for the, the first no-hitter that JV threw. I cried a little bit, I said. I told him, <laughs> and now he, he can't forget it. But when he won the World Series this past season with the Astros. Vito didn't cry, though. That's I good. didn't cry this time. I'm a little bit older, and I'm more mature, okay? But, you know, was it meaningful at all to you because you were a Tigers fan, you know, have been a Tigers fan, and he was a member of the Tigers at one point? I mean, I was happy for him. I mean, he got he got traded to another team, a good team, of course, and uh, his whole, the entire team deserved to win. Like they made it that far, they put in the work to even make it that far, and then they got a good pickup, good pitcher. So that's uh, the good Astros. for them. That's yeah. good for them. So congratulations to you, yeah. the Houston Astros. Now, will they repeat? Uh, I mean. Of course, they got uh, more competition now. They got uh, the Yankees are stacked. Got a stack. God, lineup. they're stacked, aren't uh, they? Ooh. Stanton, uh, Judge, yeah, Judge Sanchez. Wow. Sanchez, and don't forget about don't sleep on D. Sanchez too. Didi Gregorius. Yeah. Wow, they're loaded. I mean, their lineup is loaded. I think for me, it's a rotation. How good is Tanaka gonna be? A guy like that, uh-huh. CC now coming back. He's an aging vet, but he was still productive last year. How productive is he? That rotation is a big, big time concern for me if I'm a Yankees fan. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I've watched the Yankees play against the Tigers. They just had a uh, little struggle, like, throwing strikes. <laughs> like, their closers, the, yeah, they throw hard, but they just got to hit the strike zone a little more. The pitching comes on top this year. They got a great chance because they got it in the lineup for sure. That's a monstrous bullpen, isn't it? And then Chapman yeah, oh, at the yeah, back end of Chapman. games and close out games. I mean, how do you hit? Have you ever had to try to hit a guy that throws that hard, 100 miles per hour, 100 miles per hour plus? I faced 98. That was it. Not wow. 100 and uh, what, what did he hit before? Like 103, 105. 105, something I mean, like that. that. God. It's just like get there in the snap of a finger. That's not even human. <laughs> I mean, and now, is it harder to hit a pitch 100 miles per hour? Now, you haven't, but let's say 98 miles uh-huh. per hour or like a really nasty curveball or off-speed stuff. What's harder for you to hit? Uh, I mean, the hardest pitch to hit is probably a, a good fastball, but if the fastball doesn't have any movement, then I think it's real easy. Easy, a straight fastball, four-seamer, two-seamer like that a, moves. He got, like, a good two-seam. Yeah. Then that's, that's some dangerous uh, – that's a dangerous weapon right there. No doubt about it, man. My goodness. Have you gone to Comerica Park quite a bit? And the question I would ask you is because – 
people are now wondering about the state of baseball in terms of pace of play, in terms of young fans like you, in terms of, hey, how do we grow this game? How do we keep the success? You know, they're always kind of looking at pace of play. They're looking at making the game more appealing to young millennials and things like that. Are you okay with the state of the game? Do you feel like when you go out to Comerica or watch games, are you cool with sitting for two and a half hours, or is it a little bit tough to sit and watch in this day and age for you? Um, Honestly, I would rather be at a game watching it live than watching it on TV. Yeah, It's just like the experience live is so much better than just watching it on TV. TV is kind of boring. Gotcha. Sorry, Doc. No, no, no we all like going. We do. Now, I'm going to say, so for me now, when you go to a game at Comerica Park, I don't know if I'm a you know scaredy cat or whatever here, but I get nervous when I sit close to the field, like oh, yeah. right by the dugouts. I don't think anybody's ready for those line drives coming off the bat at 100 miles per hour or 100 miles per hour plus. So I don't like sitting that close because of that. Now, for you, when you go to a ball game, where do you like to sit? Probably close to like the first base. I mean, I like those seats, but like I, I don't trust it. Right. So you know yourself. Like and then the guy that can hit, right. can feel, knows a thing or two about baseball yeah. and playing it. I mean, that tells you right there. I think that's yeah. telling. And now they have that extra netting, which uh-huh. is great. Yeah. And they should have done that, in my opinion. We've talked about it before. They should have done that. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah, I like the first five rows in the upper deck on the third baseline. You can see everything. You get good depth perception. So I don't have to sit in the lower lower bowl uh, at Comerica Park. You can enjoy the game for the first five, ten rows in the upper deck, and it's really inexpensive, too. So Comerica Park has great sight lines. It really is kind of underrated, but I do enjoy it. Have you gone anywhere else? Have you seen any uh, other um, classic ballparks? I went to um, Wrigley. Nice. That's classic. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We sat a little bit behind uh, home plate. Very but nice. it was like a little bit up. It was you could. It was a perfect view. Like you could see everything. Now, which Tigers player this year, in your opinion, could outperform expectations? You know, exceed expectations. Maybe, uh, maybe Castellanos. Probably him and uh, him and Cabrera probably hit the spotlight the most. I can I, tell you, or, like or Romine. Roma. Yeah. See, Romine's gone. He yeah. was claimed oh, yeah. off waivers by somebody. Too. He was, he's gone now oh, to all these guys, see, man. I, yeah, I mean, I think been. about this. Well, it's hard to keep up all these transactions, <laughs> yeah. but I can tell you, like Casty, his ability to mash. And I think he'll keep hitting for power. He showed really good signs in the second half of last year. But can he sustain it for a full season? Mm-hmm. You know, and then Jamer Candelario. I like him, third baseman. Cabrera has to bounce back. Vmart has to bounce back. Yeah. Before I let you go, we're almost done here. But before I let you go, the best pitcher in the majors and the best hitter in the majors, who are those two individuals? Best hitter. I give the best hitter to probably, probably Altuve. Mm-hmm. There's one solid. The little man can. Little man with extreme power and speed. Your base running skills, and he hits for average, of course. And he was the MVP. So then, best pitcher, I'll probably get. Uh, I don't know about pitching. It's a Pitching's lot. Pitching's a lot. I was gonna say, pitchers, how about Max so. Scherzer? I thought of Max Scherzer right away. He's up oh, yeah, there, Clayton was, Kershaw. Yeah, I love it's watching tough. him pitch. He always talk. Talk to his glove. He's an interesting dude, isn't he? Probably Kershaw. Okay. We had Bryce Bush in studio talking baseball. Always enjoy it. You can follow him on Twitter at Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E-C, Bush. Bryce, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us in studio this week on Tigers Talk. Best of luck this season at DLSL and best of luck in the future at Mississippi State and in the majors, because I know you'll be there in very shortly. Oh, we'll yeah. talk again. I enjoy it. When, it. when it comes time to the Baseball World Series, oh my God, College World Series, we'll have a chat again. I can't wait, because hopefully you'll be doing some things in the SEC. So don't forget, make time for those that gave time to you. And once again, you look great in the Team Adidas gear. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you. Have a great one. Yeah. Bye-bye.